Welcome to the Grim Readers Podcast, where each week we have a theme and highlight where we find it in a book we've chosen to read. I'm Shada, and my partner is Afure. Enjoy listening to our podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of Things Fall Apart. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the themes, central ideas, character development, and making a few predictions for the second half of the book. Okay, so what central ideas have you seen so far? Has anything stuck out to you? Um, well, for me, I think a main one is, a main central idea is masculinity and um, how, whether a conqueror's ideas of masculinity um, and being wealthy are, and of high status are good or detrimental, if you get what I mean, like, because, in a lot of the story, he's very strict about how men need to be powerful and how men need to own a lot of things. They need to have titles and they, they can't be lazy. They must be strong. They can't show weakness. And so I guess a lot of it is also in contrast with his sons, with his father and with the women around him and how his behavior affects them the story really is looking at whether his idea of masculinity is good or bad essentially yeah I totally agree because you know men were considered superior to women and I also thought it was like really interesting how everything was compared to women so like you don't want to be as weak as women are and you know oh those are like women's stories it was always like a put down for women but when it came to men it was like you have to be a man you have to be strong um you know and be able to like work in the farm and all of this stuff so the role of men is definitely a big theme in this and one thing that i saw that was like really interesting was um how a conquo couldn't show any signs of weakness as that was like mocked for being considered as a woman and or the interesting thing was how even stories the way stories are told determine whether you're like masculine or feminine so the masculine stories have like violence and like blood and talked about like war and stuff while women's stories were like fairy tales so I thought that was really interesting and I think, I think it was also like, there was, I feel like there was a little bit of nuance when it comes to the idea of masculinity in the village, because I had a feeling that from um, a lot of Akonko's dialogues with other men, that he had a little bit more of a strict idea about masculinity. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there was one part where the book was saying how people not not necessarily looked down, but they didn't agree with the way a conqueror treated men who were less successful than him. And so it has this idea that yes, men have these titles and being like having being titleless is synonymous to being a woman. But at the same time, there is like there's some men who don't take it as seriously as a conqueror does. 
Yeah, I also saw that. And I think it all ties down to his like father and how he doesn't want to be seen as his father. And I feel like he definitely like beats himself up if he's seen less than with like anyone. So I definitely see like what you mean by how even men can be seen as weak. And so that is definitely like something that Okonkwo just like cannot have in his life. He just doesn't want to be like his father. And I also wonder like, whether didn't the father die like early before Okonkwo was like grown yeah so his I guess how what happened was he when he died he left he died without much wealth or without really any wealth to give and Okonkwo was still quite young um and so he now essentially became the man of the house because he had to provide for himself his mother and his sister so that so was... basically he's like kind of just basing all of this on like what other people are saying about his father so he doesn't really know what his father's like does he that's actually an interesting question because in a way it's in a way yes he 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 bases a lot of his ideas on public image and i, f- I have a feeling that maybe you're right in saying that he doesn't know his father because he never allowed himself to try and appreciate the things his father um, was known for, like the fact that he was a brilliant musician or that he was a, like a, a very social person. He went, he always having parties. He always wanted to celebrate with other people. And so a conqueror, he never valued those things. So, and it's almost like he never, because he never valued them, he never explored them. And so he never saw his father. He never essentially gave his father a chance because he he couldn't see the value in the other side of him. And he only yeah. saw the wealth and the power. So then I guess you could also say like a central theme would be like how society also shapes how we see others and how we see ourselves. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is. Yeah, you're right. So with the characters, do you see any like development with any of them? Um, well, obviously, a conqueror being the main character, um, he for me, he started off as or the book starts him off as a very respected man, a very resilient man and someone like with importance to the village because he's been in wars, he's done, he's been successful in wrestling, he's been successful with his farm, he has multiple wives, he has multiple children. So he's really essentially almost a leader in the, or role model in the village. I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift, whereas at the beginning you had this kind of idea of him that he was just, almost emotionless and he was all about work and and wealth but as you as you've learned more about the other people around him so his children in particular his children and his wife and especially I think the two that stood out to me were or the three that really stood out to me um in that showed his growth was um Ikemefuna Izimma and Ekrefi because um, well his relationship with Ikemefuna was interesting because he 
he's essentially an adopted son and he at first didn't really take much note of him because he was just given to him as a peace uh, peace settlement but as the as the story like as he, they lived together um they realized he re- he noticed Ikemefuna and noticed how he was um essentially a role model for his sons, his other sons, and he started to respect him more and like him more. And so it was kind of, for me, it was quite tragic when he ended up killing him himself. Um, I had, for me, how I interpreted that situation was that he didn't want him to die, but he chose to protect his own image over his desires. Yeah, definitely. And I saw, like, you could definitely see character growth, though, with Akonkwo, especially with Azinma, and how, you know, when she was taken away and the mom went to go after her, he came back later. It even says, like, on page 108, it says, go home and sleep, said Akonkwo's voice. I shall wait here. Like, he went all the way there and told the wife to go home while he waits there for Azinma, which I thought was, like, huge character growth so i wonder what's gonna happen like next yeah and actually you know what that comes back to because the another theme that i will that i um said was um whether cultural and spiritual laws or cultural and spiritual laws and practices are always right or if they should be challenged in certain instances and because i feel like there's been tension growing over the idea of disobeying the law of the village because um, even at the beginning of the book, um, how they describe Okonkwo is that he's um, he's not afraid, his only fears are failure and he fears mm-hmm. failure more than he fears um, the gods, right? And then you have the anecdote of him disobeying the the week of peace and beating his wife and then and then it's even his reasoning behind killing Ikemefuna was not because the oracle said so but it was because his village his fellow villagers said so right and yeah. so and then and then add that to his wife Ikrefi who when it when it when it has to do with um her her only daughter and actually Ekrefi is quite an interesting character um and how like the whole story of how she's had nine miscarriages and so you really understand why she acts a certain way towards Izinma in the sense that she will do anything for her because she's tried to have 10 children essentially and only Mm -hmm. had one and and so when she defies the oracle directly, literally, the, she follows the oracle, and the oracle literally stops and says, "If you keep following me, like, like essentially, you'll die or something if I catch you." And she keeps going, and he, a conqueror, in response, essentially supports her decision. So how I see it is that there there must be a point in the book where where there's gonna be a defiance of the of the spiritual laws and they're going to be caught and there's going to be a major 
um, consequence for that. That's one of my predictions. That's really interesting. Well, one of my predictions actually was that Akonkwa was going to get to know more about his father and maybe start to understand why his father was the way he was like. And maybe he'll even like start to change into his father and accept it maybe. Kind of just base it off of like how much he hates his father and how much he fears being a failure, I guess. Thanks for listening and join us next episode where we talk about character development, other themes, and predictions of what we think will happen next. Thanks for joining the Grim Readers podcast.